welcome back to part two of the Laps Gamer Radio 2019 best games that we played that came out this... No, best games we played this year that didn't necessarily come out this year, Extravaganza Bonanza. Again, like if you didn't listen to the last episode, I don't know why you jumped straight into part two, but... Uh, just a quick refresher um our game of the year is the top games that we played this year not games that necessarily came out this year most of them i think did come out this year that we're talking about except andy's i think andy's are all old right one um maybe one <laughs> yeah but uh yeah a mixture of new games and old games um so we've already done uh our listeners feedback for their their, their favorite games that they played this year we've done our fives our fours and our threes so before we do the final two, should we do our honourable mentions? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay. Adam, what is what are your honourable mentions? The games that didn't quite make it onto your your uh, your list. So uh, Devil May Cry, Devil May, ah, blah, blah, Devil May Cry Five. Very. Mm-hmm. Nice. There's other games on my list that are in my top ten that are just very well polished versions of existing franchises, and this is falls in that same kind of category. Just a very well polished. Uh, Capcom took, I feel like, the best parts of Ninja Theory's DMC um, and kind of weaved them into their own style of game. Um, it's super difficult if you want it to be. can be also super accessible if you want it to be. Uh, next honourable mention is Tetris 99. Uh, oh, who'd have thought nice. that they could make a good Battle Royale game out of Tetris? And they did. Um Keeps you coming back as they keep doing weekends where they unlock extra themes. I've not really gone back as much to play them because as soon as I they did the weekend where they gave away the Game Boy one, I was sat. I was like, I don't need any other skins. Um, Super Mario Maker 2, really good game. Loved the single player, but for whatever reason, I just didn't stick with it for as long as uh, the first Mario Maker. And I feel like it's not been in the zeitgeist for as long even though i think everyone who's played it aside from some of the concerns about the actual like uh creation not being as good because there isn't the wii u controller and you kind of can't do it with the screen on at the same time and all that stuff i feel like people accept that the tools they give you are better but it seems to have not stuck around for quite as long um and then the last real really good honorable mention i want to say is katana zero which is a 2D stealth slashing game, kind of. Uh, loved it. Really good. But not quite good enough to make my top 10. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I'm, in, I'm in a similar place with Katana Zero. Really, really good, like, hack and slash platformer game with some interesting mechanics. Um, it is, I've, I've, I've kind of, I don't know, maybe disparagingly called it Devolver Digital the game because it's like exactly yeah. the sort of game that you expect yeah. to come out of that. It's got gore, it's got a funky soundtrack, it's got like attitude, yeah. it's totally everything you'd expect like, from them. Like Hotline Miami, but a side scrolling like uh, slasher kind of stealth game as well. Um It's very good, but not quite good enough to make it onto my list yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what are your honourable mentions? Okay, first one is Star Wars Battlefront 2, the um, single-player game, really. really. Um, it's Star Wars, that's why I made it onto honourable mentions. You fight stormtroopers, just, I just thought it was a missed opportunity with the story. They made it a lot better, um, a lot tighter, made the characters a bit more interesting. Um, they wove the original um, cast 
into it, but it just seems some of it seems a bit forced, Luke layer. So, but overall, it was okay. Um, the multiplayer a bit aspects was good though. Quite enjoyed that. Um, next one, Raging Justice. This was just basically a homage to um, the old style beat 'em up games, but didn't really try anything new with it. But for what it was, um, it was a lot of fun. Updated with modern graphics and stuff. There was a lot of elements playing um, co-op with my brother. It was fun and the last one was just Victor Vran which is just a very solid um, dungeon explorer and the Diablo like but was not nothing really spectacular but it was just a fun enjoyable game. Um, Chazzy? Well as you know uh, I've not played enough games to actually have anything outside of my top 10 so what I've decided to do is pick games that I just think should be given honourable mentions in general games that I like that should be on everyone's everyone should give a try so um, first up is Syndicate not the um, original isometric game but the third the first person shooter uh, from oh a yeah back. I remember that brilliant game um, incredibly yeah. buggy but was at the time was doing some incredibly cool stuff um, I had a gun with like with bullets that shot round corners corners and stuff like that yeah it yeah was, it was trying all kinds of stuff and you could you could hack people and blow up chips in their brain and that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, it was doing some really interesting stuff, and it's it's a game that everyone should check out. It's not the you know not the greatest story, but like it was doing some really interesting things at the time. Um, second up is Resogun. So this was a uh, best of best person sort of, sort of side-scrolling shooter, um, point leaderboard sort of game. Um, but also a shmup is like used yeah, to bullet so hell shmup. Yeah, bullet hell shmup. Yeah, but it was but it was on a rotating on a cylinder. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that that game is just it's made by I believe it's made by Housemark. Housemark, yeah. yes, yeah, the same people who did another game that I was going to put on the list, which is uh, Next Machina. Oh, Next Machina is so good. It's yeah. So both of those games are absolutely incredible. Very stylish, very quick, yeah. and yeah, just so much fun to play. And then, obviously, um, the last game I wanted to put on this list was Enslaved, which I think everyone should play. No, yeah, it's a perfect game. 7 out of 10. But, um, yeah, just a wonderful little story, really clever retelling of the Journey to the West story. And, uh, yeah, some really brilliant performances in that. So, yeah, they're my honourable mentions. Yeah, Housemark were the best. Yeah. Uh, that sort of arcade game and because it's people didn't buy them and it's not profitable yeah they don't they don't make them anymore yeah which sucks cry and shame man because they were the best like uh resogun uh and, and next machina and um there was another one as well they put two out in a year um they were they were all brilliant yeah. like bullet hell shmup sort of games different twists on them and Unfortunately, not enough people played them, or not enough people bought them, so it didn't make financial sense to keep going, which That's is a it. real shame. But at least we'll we'll always have those three. <laughs> That's it. Um, um, right, my honourable mentions. First of all, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I can't put it in an actual list because it was my number one the year it came out, <laughs> and if I had my way, it would be number one every year. Uh, I've been playing it again recently. Um, 
just because I realised that I never played the Champions Ballad DLC uh, that, that came out um, about a year ago, uh, possibly a bit more. So uh, I, instead of like just jumping into my save file and just jumping into that DLC, I just started the game over from the beginning, and I've been playing it every day since then. Uh, on my lunch breaks, you know, a little bit in the evenings here and there, whenever I just didn't fancy playing anything else. And I, yeah, I, I've spoken many and written many, many words about that game. Uh, it is an absolute masterpiece, and I, I, it never gets old. Uh, what else? Um, Valfaris, uh, which I can't put on my top ten because I just haven't played enough of it yet. But it is, um, that game is metal as f***. It is a 2D, like, side-scrolling action platformer. Looks like it would be a Metroidvania, but it's not a Metroidvania. It's just a, you know, a, an action platform with lots of guns and weapons and a character who headbangs to the ridiculous metal um, soundtrack every time he picks up an upgrade is grimy and gritty and and filthy and I absolutely love it. It's yeah. really, really good. I played that I just at AGX and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah. got lots of sort of almost like sort of dead celly vibes from it but obviously it's more of a sort of a contra game than it is a dead yeah. souls game yeah yeah that's that's what the more like yeah it's more like a contra it's and it's not a it's not a roguelike either uh, you no. don't have it's not run based if you die you just go back to the last checkpoint that's it and uh, yeah the only problem i had with it is that i couldn't get the diagonal down to work prop like you, you couldn't run and hit di- like point down and diagonally and i had yeah. all kinds of issues with that so there's like it, that's obviously by design and yeah I, I it caught me out every single time and that was like the way i died every single time in that demo so yeah it's just like little things like that where it's like oh you're obviously being slavish to that kind of the ethos of those types of shooters from back in the day but i really wish you hadn't have put it in because that would have made it much so much more fun but for me anyway yeah there you go yeah it's one that i will um i'll go back to um and i've left it off my actual list um, just because I haven't played enough of it to really warrant it going on there, mm. even at number ten, unfortunately. But it is, um, it is, it would win the award for the most metal game I played this year, <laughs> for sure. Uh, One Night Stand uh, is a really interesting point-and-click narrative adventure um, where you play a guy who wakes up in a stranger's bed and can't remember anything from the night before, and you have to navigate through the awkwardness of the following morning, trying to figure out things like the girl's name, and how you ended up meeting the night before, and finding out more about her, and there are many, many ways in which it can play out. Some of them can play out quite well, some of them can end horrifically, uh, and it's just it's a very simple but it's it's handled very maturely um not mature as in mature content mature as in like handled you know sensibly with tact um for a subject matter that could have been could have re- i could have reduced to i don't know i think could have been uh, quite pure oil. yeah it could have been quite pure and i, and I think that the, the fact that it was that it's uh, the, it's a game by a woman offers an interesting it offers an interesting perspective rather than coming out from yeah. a male gaze right it's not lurid it's not lewd or anything like that it's it's quite touching um it's a very interesting little game the art style uh from people i've talked to who played it can be quite divisive um i quite like it it's almost rotoscoped in a way uh but um yeah it's an interesting game um and it's kind of like rekindled my appetite for like 
narrative, like that sort of like point and click narrative sort of game. Um, I thought so you were going to say it's rekindled your, you know, love of one night stands. Oh no no, <laughs> those days are long behind me, <laughs> long behind me. Um, Detroit's become human. It was never going to make it onto my top ten uh, because only two thirds of that game are good, but. That's that's more of a good game than David Cage and Quantic Dream have made before, in my humble opinion. I really, really did not get on with um, Heavy Rain. Uh, I found it like uh, annoying at worst and laughable at best. Um, and I played a little bit of uh, Beyond Two Souls, and I thought it was just utter sh**. And uh, David Cage is not capable of writing a coherent, uh, well-written story, and I was incredibly worried coming into Detroit um, Become Human. The only reason I played through it is because I got it for free. Uh, I was incredibly worried because it's covering subject matter that's quite close to my heart because it forms the basis of some of my favourite pieces of sci-fi um, media ever. And two-thirds of the story are handled incredibly well, one third of the story involving a character who basically becomes Robot Jesus is just hokey and awful and at one point he utters the line, we have a dream and I wanted to punch my TV but overall it was quite good and because that's such an achievement for Quantic Dream uh, I kind of had to give it an honourable mention um, it's if you can get it for free, uh, like it was on PS Plus recently, um, or you can pick it up dirt cheap, or just borrow a copy and play it. It's worth checking out. Um, some of the performances are fantastic, um, and like I said, two thirds of the, st- of the like the, the, the three main characters and two of them, their storylines are great, uh, but the central character is just really bad. So be prepared for that if you're going to play it. Um, and finally, Untitled Goose Game, which I really, really like, but I can't quite squeeze it on my uh, on uh, my top ten. Um, what should have been just a silly joke uh, is actually a pretty decent puzzle game that doesn't outstay its welcome. Uh, there is a lot of humour in there. It's very quaint, very charming, uh, but there underneath that there is a some really fiendish puzzles. Uh, to, to figure out and um, it's yeah it, it's it, once you look past all the memes and the um, mess with the honk you get the bonk jokes and and whatnot and being able to terrorize small children so they have to hide from a goose in a phone box and stealing their glasses and then untying their shoelaces and making them fall over in a puddle and all the horrible things that you can do in that game it's actually a really good puzzler uh, so if you if you like that sort of if you like a you know a game with some puzzles in, um, it's worth checking out. Uh, but for some people, it's it it, it was it did not uh, it did not extend beyond the silly joke. But uh, I quite like it, but not enough to make it onto my top ten. Speaking of our top tens, let's uh, let's jump straight into our final twos. My second game of the year is, strangely enough, one of the first games I played this year. Um, It's a game which 
kind of forged itself a new genre, really, um, and that is Return of the Obra Dinn. Uh, I'm, I spoke about this on Elapsed Gamer very near the start of the year, uh, and throughout the year I've kind of, I've forgotten about it, and then I came back to it and I tried to play through more of it, uh, and that just really reaffirmed what a spectacular game it is, really. Um, even when you've finished the game or got very close to finishing the game and you've kind of left it alone for weeks or months, you still think about it and you still, as soon as you open it up, you fall back into where you were. You know how to play the game. It's kind of, it, it's instinct. And that's something that the Lucas Pope, the designer and developer, has has form with with papers please it's such a simple game anyone can play it uh and indeed anyone can now it's on consoles as well but it's devilishly difficult in that you have to make deductions to figure out who killed who and how they were killed um and that's kind of it it's 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 so sherlockian if if that's the word, uh, it, it it's it, you. It puts you in the foot feet of a detective in not traditionally a detective setting, um, and I think that's to its benefit. It it really when you see screenshots and you kind of see that it oh it's on a ship and there's pirates or that kind you get that kind of feeling. But the actual game it's a puzzle game. Uh, and in particular, it's a story-telling puzzle game. So you go through the story, you've got a book and a ledger, you've got to figure out... It's it's almost like an accountancy game. But you walk through it and you experience what's going on in the final moments of the Obra Dinn. And it's just such... Um, there's only a few games every year that really change the way that you perceive games and the way that you think a game can be played or or experiences that you think you can take away from games and for me this year Return of the Obra Dinn was the only game I played that did that everything else was kind of samey you know you've got Sunset Overdrive it's Tony Hawk with a zombie game Link's Awakening it's a Zelda game Destiny 2 it's a shooter looter shooter uh, Return of the Obra Dinn, I don't know any other game like it. Uh, it's absolutely sensational, and I really, really hope that more people go out and play it. Adam. Yes. What is your number two game that you played in 2019? My number two is Apex Legends. Um, so I guess we kind of talked about it a little bit last episode. For me... Everything you said kind of applies. But the other thing is, so I played Fortnite a little bit. I think after my third game, I got a Battle Royale, as it's called in there. And I was like, right, that's enough of Fortnite for me. Never been back to it since. Um, <laughs> played quite a bit of PUBG at the time. Never never did manage to get a chicken dinner and then kind of just fell off it. Um, but Apex, like we've played some online. I've got a couple of friends here that play it. Um just, I think the class-based system brings a little bit more variety that the other Battle Royales don't for me. And, like, Titanfall 2 was one of my favourite games the year it came out. 
and even though they've done away with the Titans and not every character has like is the most maneuverable necessarily, there's still that sharp tight controls that it has that I don't feel like any other battle royale, perhaps with the except, exception of Call of Duty Black Ops Four has. Like PUBG's mm. janky for sure. Um Fortnite has a lot of other stuff going on with all the building mechanics and stuff. It would never claim to be a like a twitching uh, shooter, but Apex has enough, and yeah, I just love it. I love everything about it, like the music when you drop off the crescendo that plays oh, when you drop off the so drop. Good. It's just so good. Um, they've been they made a bit of a hash of their first battle pass like update. But since then, it feels like they've been knocking out of the park. They had a solo mode, they had a duos mode, they had like a cool zombie mode, they added a second map. There's been a pretty steady stream of new characters. Uh, just absolutely love it. It's another one played a ton when it came out, but then the fact that it's one of it's the first time, and I don't do this a lot with games. I think people that have listened to the podcast for a long time, like I two or three years ago, I had that crazy year where. I beat a hundred games. I still, even though I don't get anywhere near that this anymore, I still still have this mentality of wanting to move forward and constantly beating games and always wanting to consume narratives all the time. And I don't get this as much from this, but it's testament to how good it is that I still jump back in from time to time. Like I last played it two weeks ago. That would that would never happen in the past with any of these ongoing games i always drop off at some point whether it's if it does have a light story mode i finish that and i'm just done with it or i just slowly trickle along and then fade out i never go back to them but with apex i've been able to go back and that's why it's number two on my list like i just constantly want to keep going back and playing it and i hope that and it's been a big success and like respawn seemingly can't do anything wrong for EA this year both with this and Star Wars so it's like great like I'm glad like Respawn have kind of recovered from the I guess Titanfall 2 didn't sell quite as well as they're expecting it's just and yeah I love it can't wait to see what 2020 has for it in store for Apex Legends yeah so I'm gonna jump in and say this is my number two as well um the only reason that this isn't higher and in the number one spot is because of the whole mess up with the battle passes and stuff and that really did sour me on the game I, like i was so into it like when this came out of nowhere and was just like the most exciting thing to happen to your february or whenever it was um and i was in i was all the way in i was you know i was playing the most unfashionable character in gibraltar and i was having a great time and i was i was getting the same vibes as overwatch from this game yeah. Like with the whole class-based thing. Yeah. And I just wanted to deep dive into my class that I enjoyed. And like you say, there's a perfect feel to the guns. And the the locations are amazing. And like every single weapon is like honed within an inch of its life. But they brought they went too early with the, the nickel and diamond for me. And that battle pass where you basically had to play for like your entire life without going to work or sleeping just to get like level one on a battle pass. I was just, it, it really, really did sour it for me. Do you and, know what the problem, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I think part of the problem with that is, is as soon as the game launched and it was a hit, people were like clamoring for the battle yeah. pass. Like people were like, okay, this is great, but how's it going to 
keep in a world of a fortnight which has nailed the battle pass and keeping stuff yeah. fresh how is it going to people were clamoring for it i think they Being felt free pressured. to play yeah it, yeah not it didn't kill it but just kind of it gave they it had to really, rush it, it had like an amazing they, launch and then yeah. they didn't they didn't back it up straight away and that was that was such yeah. a shame and that's what made me drop off of it but like you say i've kept coming back and back and back to this game time and time again i've had some absolutely amazing experiences that i wouldn't get anywhere else and like you say with pubg i've got lots of chicken dinners and i've always felt that it like you say it's a bit janky a bit too kind of obviously because it's an art derived from an armor mod so it's a little bit too techy you know you've got to be quiet you've got to know your you know drop distances and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um fortnite is far too weird and childish and kind of you know just everyone running around hopping and jumping and bouncing around everywhere and this falls right in that perfect sweet spot for me and um yeah i just think it's just an it's just an, an incredible incredible shooter it's up there with destiny in the way it feels as being like almost the perfect shooter for me and um like i say it's since they've had their kind of little wobble um it's just got better and better and better and like you say just going through each class and learning all the different ways that you can play as the different characters and you know their their different foibles and stuff yeah it's just been it's just given me endless amounts of pleasure all through the year and uh hopefully long may it continue it's just the best battle royale game that's out there and it just shows that respawn in terms of multiplayer first person shooters are still the best at their craft no one comes close to it it's definitely something in the water over there at the moment there is well there always has been like if you look back through Mm. their old days like uh, they made the best COD games and they've just gone from strength to strength and I just feel like I know COD outsells uh, any game that they put out massively because of the name that it's got but I would take Titanfall 2 over any Call of Mm. Duty yeah Uh, and I would take Apex Legends over any Battle Royale game Um, yeah yeah I'm excited to see what they do next with uh, Apex and if they get a chance to make another Titanfall game. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Andy, what's your uh, number two? It's um, Horizon Chase Turbo. This is um, another homage game to the races of the past. Um, A bit like Outrun, Weckleman's, Lotus Esprit, all these type of games. Yeah, it's got um, essentially. It's what's ideal about this game, especially for me at the moment, is just like you can pick it up, put it on, have a race, and be off within ten minutes, even mm-hmm. less. Because for tracks, um, you can do it in about ten minutes or so. Ideal for me was as a dad, um, try beat times, um, try get all the coins, and just unlock the campaign as you go along. Because there's a massive campaign, but you need. Um, certain amount of points to unlock cars and to lock areas and it's just taking you through different tracks there's like rain there's night tracks um, off-road um, and just the speed it seems to get is um, just puts me in mind of the old games from the 80s um, it, it's so much fun um, and it's just completely ideal um, in terms of just for a quick 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 racer you don't have to Look about with settings and everything. 
click into it, race off, um, have you a little bit of fun, switch it off, and that's it. Yeah, it's a very solid racer. Yeah. Uh, it was on PS Plus a while ago, right? Yeah. That's where I got it. I don't think I, I paid for it at all. Um, and it was a really pleasant surprise. I think it, that, that game came out on PS Plus the same time as some big AAA game. Mm. Yeah. And everyone got excited about that, and they should have been getting excited about and, this. Uh, because it's, uh, yeah, if you, if you like those retro throwback racers, it's it's excellent. Um, I need to get back on that because. Um, it's got leaderboards on there, and yeah. <laughs> Colm and Justin have got faster times than me on quite a lot of tracks, <laughs> and I will not let that stand. <laughs> Damn, Colm's pesky last save loaded, boys. Colm's got loads of fast times. Yeah, I know. How does, how does someone, how does such an old man manage to get such fast times on that game? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I need to jump back into that and, and beat some of his times. We'll do it together as yep. a concerted LGR effort to beat Last Save Loaded. I think I managed to beat one of his times because one of the things it does, it does like allow you to do a shadow car. Yeah. And some of, you know, like, I was racing top speed and all of a sudden he's just right racing ahead and I think one point lapped me. I was like, oh, come on. He's cheating. He's got to <laughs> be cheating. Right, my number two, which uh, I did almost put in at number one. Um, but you know, hand on heart, I, my number one was never going to slip down <laughs> from number one. Uh, my number two is Tetris Effect. Uh, nice. Now I have always had a soft spot for Tetris. Uh, I I have also absolutely loved um, Tetris ninety nine. Um, in fact, I probably should have put that on my honorable mentions as well. But felt kind of in a little bit silly to put two Tetris games on there. Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris made it into my top 10 lists in a previous year uh, and if this game didn't exist then Tetris 99 would be on my list this year but Tetris Effect is not only a really really solid Tetris game just as it's called just a Tetris game but everything that's happening around it the whole audio visual experience around the game just elevates it above any other Tetris I've ever played before and I've n I've not played this in VR. Um, I'm not sure if I could handle playing it in VR because just playing it on a big flat screen TV is enough to almost put me into the titular Tetris effect sort of like just the mind switches off and all mm. there is is just the, the sights and the music and the Tetraminos and I'm just one with the board. And everything else just disappears, and it's it's really really weird experience. It's it's genuinely hypnotic. Um, yeah. It's a similar sort of experience to Luminez or Res, but just on another level. Yeah, that with a set of headphones on in the dark. Yes. Yeah, that is a yeah, it, like you say, truly hypnotic experience. Now it's not perfect. Some of the songs. Uh, well, I say some of the songs. One of the songs is garbage. Uh, the song on the second level is awful, especially considering the song on the first level is probably the best song in the entire game. So you go from this incredible song on the first level to this just trash in the second level. But then from that point on, the music's great. Um, the visuals are... They should be distracting, but they're not... Like, it's weird. You can kind of see everything that's happening in the background 
but it doesn't detract from playing Tetris at all. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing just it it just has an effect on me that no Tetris game has before. Like Tetris is like you know, when, especially when Tetris you get to the fast levels. Tetris is Tetris, right? It's, it's Tetris. It gets super intense, but like you know what you're getting. But this is just it's it's meditative. Um, if that's a word, is that a word? Yeah. Meditative. But it's also fiendish as well because they do switch up how the boards are played, and they speed up the drop rates and slow them down, and they they play with your in time with the music. Yeah, that's it, right? So yeah. it's just they play. With so your it's not just like your yeah. normal. It's not just normal like you're playing at a speed and then score certain number of points. Ramps it ramps up, ramps up, ramps up. This will speed up and slow down in time with the music. And of course, everything you do, every move, every rotation, every lock, every Tetris adds to the soundtrack. And so every time you play it, the song is ever so slightly different because everything you're doing is adding to the song, not necessarily in time. And so you've got these contrasting rhythms that are going on it's it's something else and then your power whatever your power energy thing that you can use to slow down time and oh yeah so yeah the whole um i can't remember what they call it but like as you're scoring points you fill up a bar and then you pull one of the triggers and then time stops and you lock in you you start dropping your, your um your tetris pieces and then every line you clear it doesn't disappear it goes to the bottom of the board um and so you can get like you know in every other Tetris game you can over clear four lines a you know a Tetris, um, and then that that disappears and then you move on. But you can get you know up to I don't know how many you can get. I think twelve is the most I've ever got clearing twelve lines yeah. in one go. And when you pull it off, it's just it's it's just like an explosion of music and lights and sound. And, yeah. I've seen yeah. an ultimate Tetris on a video somewhere, and I think that was like sort of in the like sort of twenty lines and above. Can't remember yeah. now. Yeah, it was insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. Right. The big finale. Yay. Let's do our number ones. So it probably comes as absolutely no one's surprise that my number one game of the year is Control. Um, obviously, Control is... Uh, game by Remedy, uh, who made Alan Wake, which is, of course, my favourite game of all time. Um, Control is... It's a difficult game to peg, really. Um, It's just... It's got everything that I enjoy in a game about it. It's got great storytelling. uh, It tells the story through the world. It lets you discover the story. Um, The writing is brilliant. uh, And of Actually, this time, the I have to say, the graphics and the particle shader effects were absolutely phenomenal. One thing that you can criticise Alan Wake on is kind of the the mo-cap and weird jaw-talking thing that goes on. Uh, but re- with Control, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, the gameplay is kind of what you'd expect... Uh, from a Remedy game, really. There's a bit of shooting, and this time you get telekinesis powers, which I still need to play Quantum Break, um, which I I am going to do at some point next year. But uh, from what I can tell, some of the powers are very Quantum Breaky. It's kind of like if the good bits of Alan Wake and some bits of Quantum Break had a baby, you kind of get control. 
But I think the real strength of Control is its world and its storytelling, its mysteries. Uh, and of course, with DLC a couple of months away, that's only going to get better and better, uh, hopefully, <laughs> at least, as the year goes on. There are also, obviously for me, there are some Alan Wake Easter eggs uh, and little surprises to be found in the world, which is a nice nod to fans that have waited um, almost 10 years now, um, actually more than 10 years, for any hope or glimmer of, of another Alan Wake game. But it's really... Control also had probably my favourite set piece of the year. Uh, I won't go into specifics, but... The particular set piece was absolutely f incredible, uh, the way it blended gameplay with music and the two seemed seemed to at least feed off each other. Uh, it's my, definitely my favourite set piece of the year and probably my favourite use of music in the year as well. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant uh, game development, uh, game design. Uh, and yeah, I just really hope that it's sold enough for Remedy to think this is what more people want more of, um, and hopefully we'll see more goodness come out of them in the next couple of years. Adam, what is your number one game that you played this year? My number one game is a cosy game that made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, it's Link's Awakening. Resident Evil. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, again, a bit like Luigi's Mansion. Uh, the Game Boy, we owned um, BBC Micros and then we had an Amiga. But my Game Boy was the first Nintendo, like Sega, like a console manufacturer's console that I owned. And I made, it was when we used to live in Great Yarmouth and I made my parents take me to Norwich to go and buy a copy. And it's just a very formative gaming experience so for them to yeah. bring it back and it's a game i know like back to front and for them to bring it back with such this gorgeous art style like the joy of playing it just was above anything else they played all year like it's got that this beautiful like toy like uh graphical style and just seeing all these environments i'm so familiar with because i've played it so many times like reinvigorate with this new graphical style um new music and stuff it was just a joy to play uh yeah. this is different to what i said about resident evil 2 previously like they didn't change a whole lot they added a new dungeon maker thing that's completely throwaway and doesn't really add much they refined the controls slightly because of the extra buttons they've now got they're not before you had two i only two item buttons because you only had the a and the b and you were constantly in that menu switching items so now you don't have that problem um, but yeah, it just looks insane. I played through it. It came out on the Friday. I finished it by the Sunday. I just burnt through Jeez. it. Absolutely. Was, that was a travesty, it. that game. That it was not wasted on the Game Boy as such, but it, it was it was hidden. That was a hidden gem that was hidden away in the Game Boy and that yeah. not everyone had played. And now everyone gets to play it and experience yeah. it. And, There's um, totally that some is, people. That is the though. joy of this game. Yeah, there's some people that just wouldn't have touched it because they would have dis they either didn't own a Game Boy or they dismissed it because it was on Game Boy and thought it can't possibly it. be good enough. Um, but oh, it's such a good game, and other than like other than Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild, it's in my eyes it's the best Zelda game. It had it added so much new stuff, so much stuff that's become 
like par for the course in Zelda games now. Like a lot of the yeah. item unlock progression and stuff, the way things work have all come from there, kind of. And took like the best bits of Link Awaken, Link's Awake, uh, Link's to the Past, sorry, and drew them in. It's just brilliant, and it's got a great story. It's like Link on an island, trapped. There's uh, like Mario characters in there and stuff. Um, yeah, and the soundtrack. I cannot. The soundtrack was brilliant on the original game. And we're super lucky that with this and Cadence of Hyrule, we have been absolutely treated to some brilliant remixes of Zelda music this year. And yeah. we're so lucky that they've both come in the same year, basically. Um, just brilliant game. And if you've never played it, get to it. If you've already played it in the past, you've probably already gone and bought this. It's just brilliant. I guess the only thing some people had an issue with some of the tech issues, like the frame rate dropping. I didn't necessarily notice that so much. Did you play it a lot in handheld? No, I played it almost on exclusively on the TV, yeah. Yeah, because it's a TV issue, definitely. Right. Uh, I, yeah, because I, I, de- I, like I said, I played the demos at a game com- at Gamescom for that, and um, yeah, it was really noticeable then. So hopefully they've either patched it or... Like you say, you were just really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe lucky. Yeah, no, no, or awesome, maybe I awesome didn't. Game. Maybe I didn't notice it. One of the things I feel like, because it was like judders when you were coming out of buildings and stuff. Yeah, and that's one that's of, it. One of the things that's, is the original Game Boy had that because you were jutting between screens and it was quite <laughs> off-putting. So maybe in my head I was like compensating for it somehow, or it. maybe I was so wrapped up in the nostalgia I didn't even notice it. No, yeah, it's uh, yeah that that tilt. It's something to do with between the tilt shift art style and the and the and the filters that go on around the edge that basically make it judder in um in certain certain areas. But yeah, it's um other than that, that's such a shame because yeah, everything else about that game is just incredible. Yeah, totally. Oh, and yeah, it's a beautiful yeah, it's just a good game, and I didn't expect a remake to have that effect on me, but it's because of the yeah. game it is that it did and I totally get there's other people games have moved on since then like Breath of the Wild that- blew apart Zelda but that pure nostalgia having yeah. less time than ever to, to play games just because of the circum- the timing of when it came out I had enough time to rip through it and it was just like one of the best gaming memories I've had in years probably nice it's well deserving of my number one <laughs> Yeah, as we as we heard in the last episode, it was uh, it was Nick's number three. Um, I really, really want to play this game at some point, but um, it's in a queue behind uh, several exclusive Switch games that came out this year. This has been another really, really solid year. Yeah, quietly Nintendo solid year for the like Switch. A, yeah, yeah, they just keep knocking them out like at a at a fairly regular cadence of just top quality first party games that have made it onto many people's game of the year lists yeah. um, we've talked about what, three of them between us already that have came out this year yeah mm-hmm. so uh, yeah it's uh, and I abs- I just love that art style that, that tilt shift art style is absolutely gorgeous yeah. Um, yeah. and I never played the original so oh even better it would, oh, it would be oh, all be new treat, for man. me yeah yeah I'm really looking forward to it um, Andy. Okay, my number one is from 2015. 
four years ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's an uh, episodic game, and it is King's Quest, um, which was a remake from the games back in the 80s, and um, I think it was like four or five King's Quest various games. Anyway, this came under the Sierra brand, um, and it was an attempt by Activision to re-release um, or remake these old games and see if there was an audience for it. Um, this one was very underrated. It went, um, I felt, um, under the radar quite a bit. Um, it was at the time when... Um, Telltale were having a lot of problems, weren't they, yeah. at the time? Yeah, but, but Telltale were dominating it because there were a lot of um, licenses. Um, yeah. There was a lot of licenses. And this one came out, um, it's a five-part quest, and you take the part of Graham, uh, and you are sort of flashbacking, flashback in the past, and he's right retelling the story of how he became king, the things he has to do, um, fighting the wizard, um, fighting the dragon, etc., etc., and just the script is very Monty Python-esque. The puzzles, um, very straightforward, but still leave you scratching your head a bit. Um, certain parts of me may get sort of confused when you have to backtrack of it. But it was just such a fun game. The art style was really good. Um, it tops, really, most of the Telltale games that I've played. And it's such a shame that this went underrated, and I really enjoyed it when I played it at the start of this year. And it, it was all of the episodes are really well reviewed. Yes, yeah. uh, people who played it have nothing but good things to say about oh, it, it. But yeah, but it, it yeah, it didn't have that the Walking Dead yeah. or, or Borderlands, um, you know, yeah. or Borderlands or Minecraft or uh, Game of Thrones like license attached to it. No. And so yeah, it kind of disappeared under the radar because everyone was still going mad about um, the Telltale games and um, I guess to a lesser extent Life is Strange as well. But it also came out in that time where they were like punting out adventure game after adventure game after adventure game and there was a little bit of burnout by the time that this had come around as well yeah Yeah. it was kind of like people didn't really want to pick up another one of these even if it was good Mm. this was was another PS Plus joint right? it was a PS Plus joint I think at least the first episode I mean the first episode is free and I think there was a problem with maybe the episodes being a bit too far apart like these episodic games that do have that issue but you know, if you are a fan of the Telltale games, you need to play Kids Quest because it, it's so much fun. You know, and the script is ten times better than virtually every other Telltale games. I hope you're not including The Wolf Among Us in that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Oh, come on now. That game with that. I bloody loved The, the Wolf it's, Among Us. <laughs> Wolf Among Us is a great game, but this one is probably the best one I've played in terms of. Um, the adventure game style. I think yeah, it's in my PS Plus library. Puzzles so. are better in the King's Quest games. I feel. I've only played yeah. the first episode, but I feel like they, those like use item to do stupid thing to yeah. create. I feel like that um, cadence is better in the King's Quest games than it is in any of the Telltale games. Yeah. Um, well, like uh, Telltale kind of abandoned that after they yeah. after The Walking Dead. Like Wolf Among Us the, had the a Walking little Dead bit had of it. Some. Yeah. But yeah, they did abandon it. But even then, in The Walking Dead, it was always like, 
there wasn't a flow between it naturally it was always no. like solve no. have one item solve one puzzle move on to next thing whereas old school um, point and clicks you'll always have you bring in a weird item that you don't expect to use whereas Walking yeah. Dead Walking Dead was always a real world solutions to problems right um, yeah. I feel like this has stuff that's not that like the like famous ones from Monkey Island just make no sense at all but and the chicken in the yeah. chicken in the pulley yeah that thing and all that stuff and, yeah. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> good game so good to hear yeah. that they're good because yeah, I've only played yeah. the first episode so I need to play the rest. It's really yeah, good. I'll get to it. Yeah, it's in my PS Plus library, so I will. Uh, I will definitely get on that at some point in 2020. So maybe it'll be on my list next year, eh? Maybe. 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 Um, Jazzy. Right. So. What is your number one? My number one um, is an, an, another Zelda game. Um, it's Cadence of Hyrule. Now I have well let let me let me backtrack a little bit. I have a massive soft spot. Um, there's certain games that that get under your skin and you love to death and you want to tell everyone about them. And for me, that game is Crypt of the Necro Dancer, which is a rhythm-based dungeon crawler. Um, and it's it it's just with the most banging soundtrack that you've ever li- like listened yeah. to in, in your life. It's just in- phenomenal. I have not um, beaten the game, but I have the playlist to Crypto yeah, and Necronomer saved in Spotify because it's, it's so good. It's, just in- it's incredible. Yeah. And um, the problem with that game was is that its difficult difficulty curve really just ramps up very, very quickly. And um, it, it becomes a little bit too hard, a little bit too quickly. Um, and then the developers of Krypton and Necrodancer one day got the opportunity to pitch to Nintendo that they could um, basically skin a Zelda game with the rhythm action dungeon crawler uh, mechanic that they had. And Nintendo said, yeah, sounds great. And they brought out Cadence of Hyrule. And it is an easier, more accessible um, Crypt of the Necrodancer and it's also one of the best, most fresh, innovative Zelda games that's been produced in years. Um, it's, you know, if you think that Breath of the Wild completely, you know, knocked it out of the park in the, in the kind of 3D side, on the 2D side, this is that, basically. Um, it just takes all the rules, rips them up, and writes them in a completely different new style. Um, phenomenal soundtrack. All the Zelda like great tracks have been remixed in chip tune style. Um, lovely, like really clever use of old characters from Crypt of the Necrodancer and new characters from the Legend of Zelda. Well, characters from Z- Legend of Zelda. Really clever puzzles. Really interesting usage of like h- how you get around and how you um, use the breakable items. Um, weapons and stuff and there's just I, I didn't think it would work this well but actually it is the perf it's probably my perfect Zelda game from from a 2D standpoint um, and yeah just there's it, it's as though Christmas like when I heard about it it was almost though like Christmas came early and someone said here's one of the games that you absolutely adore and we're going to smash it into the franchise which is closest to your heart and Merry Christmas have it for yourself 
and it was never ever not going to be on the top of my list because it's just everything I've ever wanted from a video game mm. yeah and that's it like I said and like I say I could sit there listening to the just leaving it on standby and watching just listening to the soundtrack over and over and over again because it's just yeah like I say mind blowing it's just it, it, it's such a dark horse of a package and how that hasn't just been on many more game of the year lists is beyond me well I would have played it um, I, I too absolutely loved Crypt of the, Crypt of the Necrodancer um, and I would have played this as well because it's just like crossing that but with mm. Zelda music just seems like a no brainer yeah. but it's so expensive yeah um, and it hasn't dropped really below like 15 quid which for that sort of game it's like I know it's probably worth it but there's also so much in there. actually I'm there's a so cheapskate much more, there's so much more in there than was in Necrodancer like if you think you're picking up Necrodancer now for like 3 quid 4 quid and yeah. you know that was eight nine ten quid um when it first came out sort of up to the 15 pound mark and but mm-hmm. the thing is, is there's just so much more content in cadence of hyrule um yeah. that I, I i know what you're saying but I, it, it does warrant the, the 15 pound price tag it really has mm-hmm. a lot of had has had a lot of care and attention put into it to justify that i think yeah yeah no I, I, it's another one that's on my list that when it drops to the right price because I'm a cheapskate, um, <laughs> I will absolutely pick it up. And, if if uh, only there was a game pass for the Switch. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, God, could you imagine? Yeah. Uh, yeah, one day. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to play this one. Hey, everyone should play it, just yeah. at once, because, like I say, if you've played Breath of the Wild and that ripped up the rule book and changed how you interact with the, that world, like this, this does that. This this does that for the link to the past and, and and all that kind of stuff. It just completely rips up the rule book and makes you reassess Zelda from a completely different perspective, and mm. nails it. I mean, these that those types of things don't happen very often, and um, mm. everyone should play this. If if you like Zelda games, you should play this game. And it's it's just the latest example, I guess, of, of Nintendo being willing to open up their their franchises, their IP to other developers. We saw it with um, uh, Marion Rabbids Kingdom yeah. Battle, and then we saw them incorporating Star Fox, not just like tacking the Star Fox characters onto Starlink, but like incorporating them into the story in a way that was really, really well done. Uh, and now this, and like long may this, this tradition mm. continue because they've made really good choices in who they let play with their IP and in all all cases so far it's turned out to be really good so yeah yeah um it's, yeah i definitely want to play this one um it's just me left now isn't it it's just you. it is it's all you. right strap in boys. drum roll so uh yeah if, if if anyone hasn't listened to the podcast for the last six months or so maybe surprised to hear but everyone else will be like oh god here he goes again um, my number one this year is Destiny 2 Shadowkeep because I'm, yeah, we, we bend the rules a bit, a little bit and allow expansion packs to be included. Um, last year, Destiny 2 slipped from my number one slot to number two and it lost out to uh, Monster Hunter World because 
I had more fun with Monster Hunter than I did with um, with Destiny 2. And I'd fallen off Destiny for uh, for a while. The the first year of Destiny 2 was really good at first and then increasingly more disappointing and I dropped off. Uh, and then Shadow Key, uh, um, Forsaken came out and that was an exceptional expansion uh, pack which is why it managed to sneak its way back onto a list and slide all the way up to number two um, like they in a similar way to how they'd saved Destiny 1 with the Taken King Bungie saved Destiny 2 with Forsaken and for the following year they just kept on adding more and more content I dropped off it for a while after the first addition to the 2018-2019 season pass because I just didn't have people to play with. My old clan started to fall apart, so I was playing with a few other people, but they kept on drifting off and playing other things. And as much as I love that game, it's not the greatest game to play on your own. It's a very social game. It's a game that has so many activities based around teamwork and coordination that playing with randoms is... It's fine for doing strikes and, um, you know, Crucible and a few other bits and pieces. But if you want to do, like, high-end stuff, like the exotic quests and the raids and the dungeons and whatnot, you need people to play with. And I just didn't have those people to play with. Um, then about six months ago, I started actually getting involved in the um, Destiny 2 channel on the Discord for the Computer Game Show podcast. And those guys invited me along to start playing with them. And within the first, like the first evening that I played with them, they managed to uh, like carry me through two of the high-end exotic quests to get me to the more elusive weapons in that game. And from that point, I've been playing with them most nights every week. Uh, I checked my Destiny 2 heat map a while ago, and there's like a whole like desert where I was like playing maybe once every three or four weeks at most. And then I started playing with these guys, and it's like every day, every single day, uh, with a few exceptions. That I've been on Destiny for some period playing with uh, with these guys, and it's culminated in the latest expansion, um, Shadowkeep, which continues what. Bungie did with Forsaken. Um, overall, the actual content is not as good as Forsaken, but only marginally not as good. It's still an incredible piece of DLC. Uh, but it's the other changes they've made. Uh, since going independent, they've kind of embraced the MMO title, which they kind of shied away from when they were under Activision's wing. Possibly at their behest, I don't know. Um, I don't want to speculate on that. Maybe, maybe uh, Activision thought that if they called it an MMO shoot, it would scare people away. Whereas it just makes me more interested to play the game. And they made huge sweeping changes to how all the systems work to make it more like a traditional MMO. So many more customization options, so many new ways to build your character, to specify, um, to spec your character in a particular way, to suit the way that you like to play. And so... There's a whole group, there's, there's a couple of dozen of us that play um, in this clan on a regular basis, and no two of us have got the same build. We all have very different builds that play in different ways, and we specialize in different things. Uh, 
and that combined with the uh, the content that they'd released over the previous over the last like you know uh, nine ten months or so for the end of last season and the stuff that they've added in with Shadowkeep, it's just become such a more rounded game. There's so much stuff to do in it, but it's not ever it's not it's not so much overwhelming it's just like it's it just gives you more choice there's not like you have to do all this stuff to be able to keep up it's more of like here's a bunch of different paths that you can take to increase your power level to get new gear or whatever and you just go you go do the stuff that you want to do and ignore the other stuff the other stuff would be for people who enjoy doing that stuff and so like I don't play the PvP stuff that much unless there's a particular quest I want to do. I don't play Gambit that much unless there's a particular quest I want to do. I just concentrate on the stuff that I enjoy playing and before Destiny of the Past wasn't like that. It was like you have to do this specific stuff to be able to get the best gear, to be able to play the high-end content and it's just freed up the way that you can play the game in a way that no previous um, expansion had done before. It's just, the game has just gone from strength to strength. Um, There are some concerns about whether they'll be able to keep up the level of content that we've we've kind of come to expect now that they are an independent studio and they don't have other studios to be able to lean on to help them out with creating content. It's now just them on their own, but at the same time, they're free to do whatever they want and to take the game in whatever direction they want and to fully embrace being an, you know, an MMO shooter. Uh, and I, it's the game that I play almost, almost nightly um, to the detriment of playing other games, which is why I've got such a ridiculous backlog on the Switch. It's why I've got such a backlog of Game Pass games. It's why I haven't bought anything on PlayStation in ages because what's the point? I just <laughs> I'll just end up playing Destiny instead. It's the game like, killer. I, it's um, uh, and I, you know I mean most of it is the quality of the game, but a large part of it is also the community of people that I that I play with. So yeah. I guess my joint game of the year goes to Destiny 2 Shadowkeep and also the computer game Pod Show Clan for. Um, for helping me, you know, fall back in love with, uh, with Destiny. Um, it's yeah, everything about everything know. good about that game has always been for me the the community aspect of it, and mm-hmm. whether I was helping Sherpa people through stuff, or other people helping me do nightfalls, or calling out onto Twitter, and you know, like you say, getting a group together and just hanging out and doing patrols it's that that game is nothing without its people banding together outside yeah. of the game and um that is its true strength i think yeah and then just add in like stuff all the stuff that like um other i mean like you already destiny has always been an incredibly solid shooter one of the tightest one of the best feeling shooters out there just like the just the feel of like shooting an alien in the head and watching its head pop off and everything and like the, the way the guns feel and everything is just it's always felt great and it's always yeah. looked great um 
and the mission structures have on the whole always been really good and the raids have on the whole always been really good but then i always i i'm one of those people that gets really suckered into the story and the lore so I, i've spent hours reading the lore tabs and stuff like that i i'm really into the story of destiny um and there's like there's so much stuff there if you want to dig into it it's just there's a lot of game to love mm. um and i yeah i spend an inordinate amount of time in it probably too much um i think we're gonna have to have an intervention soon mate uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> Twenty twenty, no always, more destiny talk. That's it. But it, there, there's always like uh, ebbs and flows. Like it's just been because there was a new expansion and a new season of content launched at the same time. There's just been a lot on over the last like couple of months. Yeah. Um, and now we've reached like the tail end of that season. I've actually been able to take a little time away and play some other games. Um, and then the new season will start, and then there'll be like you know uh, a flurry. Everyone will come back, and then we'll play through a bunch of content and then you know it'll it'll calm down a little bit and I can go away and play other stuff it's like it's the way that the the, the season model is structured it, it means that there's like you can go away for a little while and and do some other bits and pieces and then come back but it but also that the the way that they've said that seasonal content is temporary and each season has a definitive story that begins and ends and then it'll move on to the the story will continue with the next season and the content the seasonal activities for that particular season will then go away it also means that can't ever leave it alone for that long because there's stuff there that i want to do that i might not ever be able to do again um yeah Uh, i could go on about destiny 2 for hours and maybe at some point i'll grab a few people from the clan and we'll actually do that we'll do an episode where we just chat about um destiny for six hours uh and everyone out there who's sick to death of me listening to it can just skip that episode but um so you listen to mark's new podcast you are my destiny yeah um, <laughs> coming soon to ice chains yeah um i won't yeah I'll, I'll stop talking about it now because like there's just so much about it i love that game <laughs> it is. Um, it may come up on another episode when we talk about possibly our uh, games of the 2010s. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be a strong yeah. contender for me to be on that list. I know I'll be alone in that, but just <laughs> <laughs> so the um, is you've got to start like you know, play it, downplaying it a bit now, so that like when it when it comes to that time again, we're not too sick of it. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> with 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 a few like there's been periods where I've fallen away from the game, but since 2014, it's such Destiny a, has been it. the game that I have played the most. Yeah, I by mean, a long way. It's like like I would have put it on my game of the year if it wasn't for the fact that I'd played it f- solidly for the last two years. But I would have put Overwatch in that same kind of category, and I could go on it about it for hours and hours and hours. But um, yeah, it, because it takes up so much of your your life. You know, you're, that's Destiny for you. And um, yeah, when it when it's something that's just so ingrained in your everyday, it's mm. difficult not to talk about it and not have like constant thoughts about it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I never got into WoW. Uh, I played a good mm. chunk of Final Fantasy fourteen, but not not you know anywhere near as much as as uh, people often put into MMOs. This this has been this my your World wow, of Warcraft. Yeah. This is my WoW. Yeah, um, 
and I you know I love it. And Shadowkeep is uh, an excellent expansion, and that's why it's my number one game that I played this year. Nice. <laughs> All right, rant over. Um, <laughs> should we wrap this nonsense up? Yeah. I'll tell you what's so, good, Dava. Loads of different that? games. Yeah. Exactly. For everyone. <laughs> exactly. Loads, loads of different yeah. games. Mark picked a game he almost picked for game of the year last year. Two Zelda <laughs> games and a Telltale game. And a, f- a football game on the phone, which I've downloaded. That sounds and mad, and that is definitely. I'm itching to play. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna gonna start playing that yeah, uh, yeah. as soon as we finish recording this. I'll text you later, Adam. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's that'll do. That's our uh, the the best games that we played in 2019. Uh, five through one, and honourable mentions. Uh, we'll get our top ten lists up on the website at some point over the next few weeks hopefully yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. okay um and then i don't know maybe have a couple other pods out over the christmas period we'll see we'll see if we can get people together to record have a wonderful christmas or wonderful hanukkah or kwanzaa or whatever it is that you you celebrate have a wonderful yeah festivus the real the the real winter festival and we shall be airing our grievances and having a feats of strength later on um, but yeah, have a lovely Christmassy, wintry period and yep. new year, and we'll see um, you in 2020. Goodbye. Bye.